Hello and welcome to Point Streak, a podcast where we talk everything gaming and the issues that concern gamers. Um, my name is Jeff, or Baron Fang, and with me today are our own Vernon. Welcome back, Vernon. Thank you. And welcome back to Chris. Thank you. Uh, and like we do on all good podcasts, uh, right out the gate, uh, we like to cover what have you been playing lately? How about you, Vernon? Um, lately I've been playing uh, Infamous. I've been trying to like do like a power playthrough and just play nothing else but that. Uh, okay, that's one you've done before? or? Um, I, I did part of the first one before, um, but I, I really enjoy the second one. But yeah, I've been playing the... I, I never finished the, the first one, so I figured, you know, I would, uh, I would go back and play it since it came with the bundle that I got for my PS3. Oh, all right, all right, cool. How about you, Chris? Well, uh, I have been playing Infamous, but that's been my secondary game, so I'm not the power gamer on that one. Um, <laughs> but I actually recently started up Mass Effect 1. I'm streaming uh, a full series run, and I started that up earlier this week. So that's what I'm working on right now. Wow. Uh, how many hours in are you? <laughs> uh, probably about 15 or so. I've been playing pretty steadily three hours a night for the last five nights, so... Yeah, okay. probably about 15 hours. And uh, we'll have to get a count on how many bottles of wine that adds up to by the f end of the full series run, too. <laughs> um, One so far. <laughs> uh, and I, and for me, I've been playing the hell out of Warframe, um, I, uh, which is a free-to-play uh, online game that I hope everyone has some familiarity with. I, I, uh, I downloaded it last year on recommendation of a few people and liked it, but it was... Um, I don't know if you two agree with me. It's a really, um, it can be a tough game to get into because it doesn't explain itself very well. <laughs> so, uh, they run you through a tutorial, but it's not, it, it you know, once you're done with it. Yeah, it, it's, um, it, it, it doesn't like, really, go, run, play. yeah, yeah. I, I found myself going to wikis and things a lot, trying to understand it. And, uh, I, you know, nearly a year after I first downloaded it, I finally feel like I understand it a bit better. <laughs> but uh, it's also had a lot of improvements since last year, too. So, yeah, I'm having a lot of fun with it. Um, having a lot of connectivity issues with it, unfortunately, as well on the PC. But uh, I'll persevere. There's a great game in there somewhere. You just have to um, get to the center of the Tootsie Pop, so to speak. Um, well, thanks to both of you for returning. And uh, we want to talk something... Um, a bit less obtuse <laughs> this week, uh, just the subject of downloadable content, or uh, DLC, as, uh, as it's more commonly known. And um, I can, uh, I'm old enough to hearken back to the olden times when we had something called expansion packs. Would, would, you, would you guys uh, have memories of those days as well, or am I, or am I the only one? No, those are, uh, those, I think we're in the right generation to know of expansion yeah. packs. I had a few back in the day for um, StarCraft. And, oh, yeah. yeah. Um, Jedi Knight, Dark Forces 2 had an expansion, yeah. or maybe two expansions. Uh, Aliens vs. Predator 2 had an expansion pack. So, yeah, I'm, I'm familiar with them. Yeah. Uh, and for, it's interesting you men mentioned StarCraft because I consider, like, Brood War to be, like, the... If, if you really want to explain to somebody what an expansion pack was and, and what it felt like to buy one and the value for money, Brood War <laughs> w was kind of the uh, the best example of that. Like, you you really when you when you bought something like that, you really felt as though it was changing the experience. Um, and well, look, you know, back then, uh, downloadable content wasn't really uh, wasn't really that viable. Um, 
it was it was diff- digital distribution of like anything beyond patches and stuff wasn't uh, wasn't easy in, in the days before broadband. So it it made sense that uh, a lot of this stuff was still being distributed in brick and mortar stores. But fast forward to today, I mean, does it seem like most AAA games have DLC these days? Ver- Vernon, is that? <laughs> Am, am I the only one that feels that way? But it seems like if it doesn't have DLC, it's kind of the exception to the rule. Well, I think it's becoming a, a trend now, or it's become a trend now, where it'll, you know, every game now has like a day one DLC type of deal. Mm. Um, I mean, I do remember, you know, Command and Conquer 2, uh, Red Alert 2, yeah. um, Yuri's Revenge, that expansion pack, and that was fantastic. Um, but... Uh, but yeah, it seems like every game comes with DLC now, and it's just a it's just a strange shift. Not not to get off topic, but was Yuri Tim Curry the actor Tim Curry? I don't remember. It's been so long <laughs> since I played that game. <laughs> I, I I don't have very uh, clear memories of it either, but I do remember Tim Curry being in Command and Conquer somewhere, and he was just ridiculous. <laughs> His performance. Tim Curry is always ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's also I I single out AAA because you know they're the ones that always have their hand out for more and more and more. But um, it's I mean, a lot of the indies have got it too uh, in in their model as well. So I I think I think trend is almost understating it. It's almost become the done thing uh, to try and get more out of um, I guess the invet the investment. But I don't know. I mean, at a, at a ba- at a basic sense, like playing devil's advocate. Uh, isn't isn't the choice of of more just better? I mean, how do you feel about it, Vernon? Is is if it is a choice, is is it necessarily a bad thing to, that there's more content available? More is definitely better in some cases, but not always. Mm-hmm. Um, more, more, more is the reason that some things tend to fail. I mean, when you get right down to it you know, more is not the best in every situation. I mean, look at the Matrix sequels. <laughs> and uh, I, I guess, Chris, um, as, as somebody who's a, a bit of a Pokemon um, fanatic, or I don't, know what, what do you, I don't know what you actually call Pokemon enthusiasts, if there's, a, uh, if there's an appellation, but uh, that, that's certainly a series that encourages more and more and more and updated this and updated that. Um, is, is that a, is that an example of a series where it's it's a completely positive thing all the different iterations or is that is that a good example of one where they just go over the top and dilute the quality with, with the the you know the obsession on more content more options kind of I don't know I'm of two minds about Pokemon because <laughs> uh, for a long time I, I probably would have said that um, the more is is starting to get worse mm. but the latest game i found to actually be quite good Mm. um so i'm sort of rethinking that and i know like the longtime series fans are are pretty much okay with it Mm. um the only area that i really would possibly take issue with which i i wrote an article on this a few months back Mm. um would be largely in the area of the pokemon design like the designs of the creatures themselves i feel like they've taken a hit in quality over the years but that's pretty subjective and I mean, other than that, they they're generally pretty good at um, taking the same formula and remixing it just enough so that it's fresh. And um, otherwise, you know, they they give you enough to play with, and there's you know new things to use and and 
even though it's all very similar from one game to the next, you know, it's, yeah. it's fresh enough. It's I don't f- think it's really hurt, you know, hurt the series. So there's a formula that works there to a point. The reason I, I bring up Pokemon is because, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, it doesn't seem to be a game that, uh, or a franchise, or whatever you want to call it, that really relies on DLC so much as they do actually new iterations. Is that fair to say? Or Yeah, um, as far as DLC, and I think actually we're going to see the closest thing to DLC that Pokemon has ever had in this generation. But mm. um, the only thing that's even remotely like DLC that Pokemon ever had was uh, legendary Pokemon, which are referred to as event Pokemon. And the reason they're called event Pokemon is typically they'd be distributed by Nintendo at some type of event, oh. uh, so like a convention or something. You would bring your cartridge to the event or to the store that was um, that was offering it as a promotion. You'd bring your cartridge there and they'd put it into a machine and literally transfer a Pokemon onto your cartridge. <laughs> wow. And now that the 3DS is basically fully um, wireless and yeah. it has access like full access to the internet which is something even the ds didn't quite have yet they had it had wireless capability but it wasn't fully realized yeah now they have the opportunity to basically just distribute things via wireless and i think the event pokemon of this generation are just going to be dlc okay all right well the reason i want yeah that's part of the reason i wanted to bring up pokemon and nintendo a bit later is that they seem to be two companies that are kind of against the trend um and uh I do. I do wonder sometimes whether you know whether they have. There's a reason that they uh, that they work. Um, well, I, I, I guess we already know the the answer to this. But like DLC has been controversial from pretty much day one, and and it's it's not really getting any less controversial. Particularly when you get into stuff like day one DLC, which I know Vernon, you've got <laughs> you've got some strong feelings about. Is it? Oh, we'll start with you, Vernon. Is it inherently bad, or is it just like any? any tool that it just gets that it can just get abused what do, what do you reckon i mean it's definitely abused a lot uh look at asura's wrath when they you know had this fake ending mm. and uh you know they sold the the separate the the real ending separately mm. um as as a dlc packet that was you know pretty annoying i mean you know like i said before day one dlc is uh is a is a bit of a pain, especially when there's like you know characters that might be important to the story. Um, there's a it's just definitely abused a, a lot, and I feel like enough already. Really, mm. like you know, I mean, do you, do you guys ever feel like that? I I you know what like so, sometimes I'll see a Steam sale. You, you you've both seen it as well, and it and you look and it's like four hundred uh, four hundred items. <laughs> And then you start getting about eight pages deep and you realize that like there's six pages of one dollar uh, costumes <laughs> or, you know, weapon types or whatever. Um, and and I, I, sometimes it doesn't even sink in what game it's for. And I, I, I usually think like if it's just cosmetic stuff, no harm in it, I guess. <laughs> but there is still kind of a shameless um, it, it's still kind of shame. It strikes me as kind of shameless in a way. Like, you know, what, what won't you charge for? <laughs> uh, I, I, I like, I like the idea of somebody being able to enjoy a game a lot and, and being able to really, um, you know, personalize it. Um, and I, I don't begrudge anyone who wants to, to do that. But so, sometimes when I see some of, when I see how small, um, an item is and how insignificant it seems I, I really do wonder um what the value for money there is and i guess that uh, that brings us to 
microtransactions, <laughs> which are uh, related to DLC. Is there is there any like accepted definition of what a microtransaction is, Vernon? Like, have you ever actually? Is there a dollar figure? What 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 would you consider to be a microtransaction? Something that's like a dollar, where like, um, for example. Dead Space Three, hmm. where you know they had you could like send your robots out to to buy materials, yeah, um, or, or to to scavenge materials, and then you could pay money to to bypass that. It's like a play to win system mm-hmm. almost, yeah. um, but I don't think there's like an acceptable amount or a minimum amount for microtransactions. I mean, yeah. it, it just you see them, you're starting to see them a lot of places now, and it just it's it's popping up everywhere. I think that uh, you know it's this play to it's this pay to win system that's really getting in the way of the of the game. Yeah. Well, Chris, you've uh, compared to the two of us, you're pretty fast and loose with your Steam purchases, so you, you've probably got a more <laughs> liberal attitude towards it than most. But like, do, is there some is there a line for you that's like egregious or acceptable when it comes to these sorts of microtransactions, or is it really the pay to win? That where it starts to get gray for you? Uh, see, I'm weird in in that way because I I do I am fast and loose with my Steam purchases and even things like skins on League of Legends, <laughs> which is a cosmetic. It's you know it's a cosmetic upgrade that you pay dollars for. Um, but I really do not like DLC that's just cosmetic. I don't pay for that stuff. I don't think it's worth it. Mm. Um, it seems like just a hollow purchase to me. Ultimately, it, you know, it, with the exception of League of Legends, but that's different because that's a free-to-play game, and I perceive a skin purchase as directly supporting the company more than you know just uh, throwing yeah. dollars at a, at some DLC for you know like a weapon pack or an, a costume pack or something for a single-player game that I paid however much money for already. Yeah. So I mean, to me, I I don't really find microtransactions to be acceptable in in any case. I don't have anything wrong with them, but it's not something that I take part in. Yeah. It's it just seems to be such a dangerous road because every every company, every publisher has has a new diluted uh, definition of what they they can get away with charging. And um, I mean the the recent uh, <laughs> the recent controversies surrounding Dungeon Keeper. I mean. Uh, that's that's got to be about as low as it gets, right? I mean, have either have either of you heard heard of or encountered anything that seems like as blatant as that, it, or is that is that a new low? Anyway, I yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know if you saw much to do with that. No, sorry, I, oh. I uh, had a mishap with my camera. Oh, um, <laughs> sorry, I'm, I'm dungeon sorry. keeper. So what, what was that? What was that last? Uh, I was saying was uh, that's been causing a lot of controversy. Dun- dungeon keeper uh, on on iOS. Uh, is is what I would consider to be the new low <laughs> for <laughs> where microtransactions can can go bad. I mean, ha- have you ever encountered anything that that was is that sort of off putting, uh, or or is uh, it just been to this point uh, really more uh, like like cash grab sort of stuff? Well, that's I'm not actually sure what the uh, I'm at a loss here because I haven't. Um... Oh well, we've the... really been familiar with Dungeon Keeper. Yeah, um, Dungeon Keeper is basically to the point where you can do anything you want in the game for free. It's just it might take you a day or several hours to do anything. So basically, the the payment system in, in the game basically just allows you to speed up playing it. But the problem oh, is, oh, oh, yeah, the... that is that is 
quite yeah. familiar from the games that I have on like tab on my tablet. Yeah. Um, for example, uh, Iron Man three, which is supposed to be quote unquote the official game for the movie. <laughs> uh, and basically, the way to win the game—it's an endless game—but the only way that you get better and win is you play it for a really, really long time. Or you buy all of the suits. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty much how you win the game is to have all the suits. Mm-hmm. And that's what you work towards to unlock them. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I see that as something I see that as something when you explained about Dungeon Keeper as something similar. Yeah. Yeah, I, I for me I I don't mind when it's purely cosmetic stuff because then it really is a choice. You know, if you wanna cut I don't have a problem with people who wanna customize or Really, you know, I mean, I was like it with Mass Effect. Like Mass Effect Two, I went way overboard with the DLC for that. I bought, I bought everything for it, and part of it was just because I enjoyed the game so much. But I never felt like um, I didn't know what I was getting into, and I never, I never felt like if I didn't buy the DLC that I would miss out on the full experience of the game. But it just seems more and more companies are using these sorts of microtransactions and, and DLC to actually say. Well, you're not going to get the full experience unless you shell out extra for it. You know, your 50, 60 bucks is only going to get you about 80%. Um, and that that's not how I saw it years ago with expansion packs and stuff. And it just it just seems to be a rather cynical way to uh, keep putting their hand out. Um, Eric Kane over at Forbes uh, has been talking a lot about uh, Nintendo and where they go next. And I know, Vern, and you in particular have got some rather strong feelings about... Uh, where where you know the fact that uh, Nintendo needs to uh, they need to they need to do something right <laughs> something I mean I just <laughs> Jesus what are they doing over yeah. there with the Wii U I mean to keep keep it to keep it in perspective Sony and Microsoft aren't doing that well either but mm. um, I mean if if we're talking about like DLC and stuff like that I mean you know Nintendo's at least you know adding some of their older like Game Boy Game Boy Advance games. Mm-hmm. Um, to to their uh, virtual console, which is which is cool. I mean, you know, they're they're trying stuff stuff out to 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 save the Wii U, I guess. Yeah. But well, yeah, um, well, well, some of the suggestions uh... that Eric Kane has been making, um, I see where he's coming from, but I don't I don't agree. I mean, the the one area where I do tend to agree with him is um, there are certain people, investors and the like, that believe that microtransactions might be the way forward for Nintendo as far as writing the ship. You know, like it, there was one article where someone was quoting as, you know, pay to make Mario jump higher. And that sort that if that if that's where they're going to go to try and write the ship, you know, I, I think that I agree with him there. That's a dangerous uh, play. I, I do think that they should open up their back catalog, as you've said before, Vernon, and just, you know, find a price that the market will pay and and just let the money come in because everyone knows it, it that uh, the more the more games they open up for download, it can only get better. But exactly. uh, but but the thought of like literally starting to parcel up complete Nintendo products and I, and as you pointed out, Chris, uh, the the thought of um, Pokemon going down that road. I mean, if if somebody if somebody uh, really dollars and cents focused uh, and mi- microtracks and obsessed got their hands on a on a game like Pokemon, you, you can imagine how badly it could go. You know, like how it could I'm just pretty sure destroy the core gameplay. You know, they've they've talked about it in like a boardroom or something. Mm. You know, how can we can we actually charge actual money for a Pokeball or something? <laughs> so you see it as an inevitability. Yes. Mm. You know, at some point, I mean, how many generations of Pokemon have we gone through? Oh, Chris, what do you reckon? <laughs> this is the sixth we're okay. currently on. Yeah, I, 
look, I, 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 I tend to agree with you, Vernon. It probably is just a matter of time before they try. But uh, whether or not the hardcore, like the, you know, the Chris's of the world, are going to uh, go, go along with it or you know, take their Pokeball and go home, so to speak, uh, <laughs> uh, will remain to be seen. Um, there's, a, there's also a very good article over at, uh, it, well, look, there was a, one mentioned at Giant Bomb, but a, a couple places uh, where people have mentioned that Plants vs. Zombies Garden Warfare, which is getting some pretty good press and a lot of people are liking it, but there's also a lot of people looking at it and seeing and looking at it and, and, and thinking, wow, it looks as though that there's a possibility of putting microtransactions into this. It looks like they've left openings for it. And there's a lot of people that are wondering whether or not that core gameplay <laughs> will change significantly if that if that happens. Um, and look, I, I think uh, there's every reason to be cynical because we've seen a lot of uh, we've seen a lot of good franchises um, have have their good reputations uh, smeared by some pretty um, pr pretty crappy decisions, uh, you know, with regards to DLC and microtransactions. Um, I don't I don't know. Oh, go ahead, Vernon. If I could ask about uh, about Garden Warfare, I did hear um, that they were that they were going to have some type of microtransaction deal going on with that game. But what exactly are they planning on selling? <laughs> what what? It's a shooter. It's a lot of speculation. It's a, shooter. It's a lot of speculation, really. You'd you'd have to know the game better than I do. But basically, there's people that are looking at it and inferring. Well, here's here's where they could do this, and here's where they could do that. Um, and look, I, I'd believe it. <laughs> I, I don't know the game well, but, uh, it wouldn't put it, I wouldn't put it past them, uh, any, any company that's got a hot franchise like that, um, you know, passing up opportunities to, um, turn on the faucet, so to speak, <laughs> have an, have uh, some revenue stream tied to it. Um, and, and, and that uh, companies that will be willing to risk the goodwill they have for that short term sort of profit because <laughs> you see it happening <laughs> an awful lot unfortunately Everywhere. Uh, yeah um i don't uh, b before i launch into my screen about it are, are either of you familiar like have either of you ever participated in season passes yes yeah just one yeah yeah i season passes as far as dlc are concerned are the, the single like I, I find it really hard to get my head around. I, I, I understand why game companies want to do it because <laughs> they want your money and they want it as early as possible. What I, what I struggle to, to understand is the um, consumer mindset. Like, I mean, we, we'd all agree that season passes are meant to be a discount, right? You're meant to get a slight discounted rate, basically. That, that's, what, that's what they're pimping them with, basically. Yeah, that's the idea. So you're paying. Yeah, you, yeah. Buy all, you buy all the DLC in advance for like two or three dollars less than if you were to yeah. just buy it when the DLC comes out. Exactly. So you're paying up front for the promise of a certain amount of content before you even know precisely what that content is. And I know that different companies vary to the extent how much they say specifically is going to be. Some of them are really vague. Some of them will actually come out and say it's going to be two multiplayer ones, two single, but there really isn't a lot of consistency. What I hate the most is the name, and the, I, I know that some marketing jackass came up with this because the name evokes the image of a theme park, you know, a season pass. Like, you get your Disney, Disneyland season pass, you come back as often as you want in the season or year, whatever the case may be. The problem is, is that they decide how long the season goes on. They decide how much DLC it is. They decide what type it is. 
they decide when it stops. And then sometimes, a la Gearbox, they decide what's outside of the boundaries of the season pass. So as a consumer, you're taking a lot of faith that, you know, that they're going to make the right decision. Like, you know, you, you think, oh, I want to ride Space Mountain. Well, and then they go, no, we're going to make more teacups. Teacups too, Return of the Teacups. Like, you want Space Mountain. They're the ones that decide <laughs> what you're actually going to get. What I don't get is, as a consumer, why you would want to surrender your choice up front like that. Like, this is beyond prepaying. This is, I don't even know what I'm going to get, but for some reason, I have faith. <laughs> like, is it just the... Um, is it just the discount? What what is it that people <laughs> that people see in this? That because uh, I I can't get my head around it. Why why is this a good thing to people? If you ask me, this is this is the problem with gaming consumers right there in a nutshell. <laughs> is that they are way too ready to throw their money at something that they don't know anything about. Mm -hmm. That's like the bottom line. If you ask me, what is like what is the, the the major problem in gaming today? I mean, yes, the industry is at fault. But I think it is just as bad of a problem that people will throw their dollars at anything. Mm -hmm. it, yeah. And it's like that fanboy thing. It's like, well, the next Call of Duty game is coming out. 60 bucks. I'll pre-order that. You know, I'll throw in for a collector's edition. I don't know what it is. Mm -hmm. I just know it's got Call of Duty. Or Bungie's making Destiny. It's got Bungie's name on it. It must be good. Mm -hmm. We want this now. And it's like yeah. what you uh, – That's I think that's really the same thing that goes with season passes. You get – Halo 4 is coming out. Well, get the season pass for Halo 4 because, you know, it's Halo. It's got to be good. We got to get the DLCs for Halo because it's Halo. How do you see it, Vernon? Is it just fanboyism? Is it, is it, like, is it like proving your – is it like – Loyalty? You have some, yeah. Is it, like, is it proving your loyalty? Is that all it is? Um, I think like, 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 uh, like Chris said, it's uh, – a big part of it is, um, you know, that people are way too willing to throw their – money at something when they don't understand what it is mm -hmm. um and two yeah it is that loyalty factor of okay you know if you you know buy this season pass without you know without really you know knowing what's coming you know that will show that you're really into us versus our competitor or something like that and it'll for the gamer it's instant gratification so even if they aren't getting that whole thing it's like the walking dead like mm -hmm. you can pay for the whole season up front yeah but like you don't know what's gonna happen. Like you haven't heard anything good about it, so it's so you're just putting your money up front for what? Nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I and, and look, I I have a problem with that more because episodic con. I mean, we could do a whole another show on episodic content and how the. I'm just not psychologically built <laughs> to be able to handle episodic content because I like to binge on stuff. But like, yeah, I I don't get it either, and I I agree with you, Chris. Uh, that it it is. As, as much as there are bad company practices out there, it just the, the consumer willingness to just surrender their choice and, and, to, and to roll over and to, to, to let go of being able to pick and choose and make informed decisions and get someone's feedback on something before you buy it and, and just like give that all up like for the sake of loyalty. Like, um, I, like you, Chris, you're playing you're, – you're heavily into um, – uh, Dota, uh, not Dota, sorry. <laughs> League of Legends. How dare you? I'm League of Legends. <laughs> League of Legends, wow. Come on. Wow. Um, you're heavily into League of Legends. It's a free-to-play game. How, I mean, is it fair to say that you that you really came to grips with how much you liked it before you started to invest anything in it, money-wise? Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Um, I mean, you get, right off the bat, they give you a certain amount of basically in-game dollars. So you can kind of... 
yeah. spend that, but that, that's free. So you don't, you know, that's that no cost to you up front. But yeah, I think I probably played for at least a couple months before I spent any actual money in the store. Yeah. And you and you would have felt when you did spend that. I mean, you said earlier that you felt like you were supporting them, etc. I I get that. That that I understand completely. And um I I don't think there's anything wrong with being loyal to a, a franchise per se. What I don't understand is what is when you go com- when you just completely give it over to 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 loyalty like um I mean, I, I don't do pre-orders because I've I've been stung. I, I don't, and I just see this as a, as another level. This this season pass stuff. So why would we go to that extent? I I mean, do do people think that companies are gonna go bankrupt if if, if they don't pre-order their game? Do they think they're not gonna get it? When was the last time you wanted to buy a game and they had no copies of it? Like, does that still happen? <laughs> is that what people are afraid of? I don't know. I think, you know, I think what it is is that um, it's just. I think it's just excitement for the most part. Yeah. And people are, um, they get so into it that they are just willing to kind of lay aside their discernment or any kind of critical eye mm-hmm. because, the, you know, you get caught up in the hype and, and the marketing campaigns are designed exactly to do that. Mm-hmm. They're, you know, they're made to to target people like us that are interested in a franchise and just drum up so much more interest so that we don't bother thinking about it. It's It's like... You know, this trailer is amazing. I want that game so bad right now. I'm just going to yeah. go pre-order it right now because that looks so cool. And I understand. I see. I've I've been there. I've done. I did that with Mass Effect Three. Like yeah, the too. trailers for that game were incredible, and they made me really want the game. Yeah. And knowing what I had played in Mass Effect One and Two, you know, it's 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 an easy step to just go. Well, yeah. I want the next game, and then you pre-order it. And that's, you know, so it's not like I don't really think it's. I don't. I don't think it's people trying to prove that they're fans or to like prove that they're loyal to the company or anything. I think it's just simply they're, um, they're letting their judgment be taken over by. Um, I don't know how to put it. They're 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 enthusiasm. Enthusiasm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. their enthusiasm is getting the better of their judgment. Yeah. Yeah. And and yeah, Vernon brought up day one DLC before, and. I, I, I know that we hear these we, we hear these stories about how oh it was a different team resources were freed up you know they were working on it separate to the main game I, I don't believe that when I hear it I, I think nine times out of ten when it's day one they've made a conscious decision to carve out something and add a price tag to it and right. I, I I wish that, oh there you are Vernon sorry <laughs> uh, I I wish they would just be um, I mean. I guess they can't be honest about it because if they were, the the jig would be up, right? <laughs> like we we we're already yeah. on to them. We we just have we just have to stop supporting it <laughs> so that they'll stop doing it. I mean, I think they're hearing the message because, as you pointed out, Vernon, in in one of your videos, like the guys that did Titanfall, they talked about day one DLC like it was. And, you know, no way we'll do that, you know, like they were it was a selling point. So I think the message is getting out there. But um, even if day one DLC dies off, I I wonder whether we're just going to be waiting for the next gimmick, (laughs) you know, (laughs) the next way for them to to, to make a buck on something that should have been part of the main game. Uh, I hate to be cynical, but (laughs) that's probably inevitable. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, that's what their marketing teams at these publishers, that's what they do. Yeah. They're living. What what are the, without being all negative, what are the best DLC, like what are the best types of DLCs? Like Vernon, you, we've all, we've all enjoyed DLC. Uh, Lair of the Shadow Broker, I think is one. I was going to say Lair of the Shadow Broker. And look, it's to the, it's to their credit and it's uh, well, value for money. 
what it bring what it brought to the game how seamless it was like it just it it ticked all the boxes right that's why it's that, that's why it, you know it instantly comes up when uh, when when people talk about good day one DLC but um is there is there a is there a formula to doing uh, sorry not day one DLC is there a formula to getting DLC right is it the right is it just a combination of the right price the right quality um it, it has it definitely has to be a a good worthwhile addition to the game to the original game mm-hmm. you know like we like we said you know Lair of the shadow broker was a very good addition to the you know to the game to the original game and you know it, it sucked that you know it wasn't in the original copy but you know mm-hmm. it was a good addition mm. yeah Lair of the shadow broker was was like a next gen version of an expansion pack that's, yeah. that's exactly what it was you know it was like it it added a, a, a side story to the game that wasn't part of the main story it didn't really even tie into the main story at all it was a separate thing and you know it had a bunch of content it had a bunch of new gameplay features yeah it was like it was it hit everything that the old expansion packs used to hit mm-hmm. it, you know it gave you that feeling like you mentioned about brood war before it was yeah. mass effects equivalent of that perfect mix of of you know like new and old experiences together and it didn't feel like it was chopped out. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it would have been great if it was in the original game, but it didn't feel like they had removed anything to give that DLC. Yeah. Um, another good example, and I, I admit I haven't played it, although everything I've heard about it suggests that this is the case, the Enemy uh, enemy Within uh, edition for XCOM Enemy Unknown. Um, Firaxis uh, actually tried to do a few traditional minor DLC-type ones, and... They, they weren't super successful. This one they threw a lot of time and resources into, and it was more expensive. And it had the feel of one of those old-school expansion packs that we're talking about. I think it, I mean, wasn't it like 40 bucks when it came out? Like, that's a pretty beefy price for an expansion, but everything that I've read about it and, and seen in the reviews suggests that it really adds a lot of content to the game. And I, I think if there is such a thing as a formula... And this holds true for Layer of the Shadow Broker. You can tell when they put a lot of time and effort into it, and when it's just phoned in, right? I mean, <laughs> it's pretty easy to, to to notice when it when they're serious about it and when they're you know passionate about it. I mean, the um, uh, there were a couple of DLCs for Mass Effect Two where, where it was pretty clear that they were a bit more just cursory attempts, you know. Um, who would you say? <laughs> Who would you, were there, are there any others out there other than that one that you, that you would really identify as uh, like you know a DLC that really hit ticked all the boxes for you, Chris? Or is is that that is one? truthfully that is one of a very small handful of DLCs that I bought, and almost all of that small handful are from Mass Effect Two. So. Wow, yeah, no, I, I, <laughs> I'm kind of the same. I, I would say nearly a third of the DLCs I've ever bought were for that one game, and uh, and, and it had a lot. <laughs> Uh, but the, part of the reason it had a lot is because I think there was enthusiasm for them. What, what about you, Vernon? Were there any other games you can think of where the, you know you really got a lot of value and enjoyment out of DLC and felt like what you'd paid for and what you'd experienced was worth, worthwhile? Uh, not that I could think of. Hmm. Um, it's sad, isn't it, that we can't think of more? <laughs> it, it's kind of sad. I mean, the only thing that sad. I can really think of um, would be the expansion pack days, you know, Commander mm. Cocker, Blair 2, Yuri's Revenge. Yeah. I, I just think it's um, I, I just think it's uh, it's that that quality control. Like I'm not gonna sit here and say, oh, if it's short, that means it sucks. Like the, I I've played some short DLC that was well done and it was the price was right, etc. I think I think it just has to be 
quality. I don't know how else to put it. Um, you you can kind of smell when it's <laughs> when it's something that they that they didn't give a crap about, you know. Um, and uh, you know, paying for different endings and stuff uh, is is definitely a case where <laughs> where they were they didn't care uh, about the reaction they were going to get. Who who would you say are the uh, the worst offenders out there? I'll give it to you, Vernon, because I think I already know the answer to this. <laughs> who, who, who what companies do the do DLC the worst as as far as you're concerned? I gotta say, uh, oh. Capcom. Yeah, I, 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 actually wrote that down. I put it in brackets because I knew, I knew you were gonna say. You Capcom. knew I was gonna say it. Uh, yeah. They, I mean, look, it's a long list of, uh, I don't know, insults. Is that is that the right word? <laughs> yeah. It, um, well, I think uh, just in general, I think that they're just the you could tell there's a clear separation between you know what they. You know the, the the characters that they cut out, the story elements that they cut out, the you know the the costumes and stuff like that. Just all of that added up to mm-hmm. just a really bad experience in the form of you know a service wrap, uh, that Street Fighter X Tekken game where they <laughs> cut out like twenty characters but they were on the disc. Yeah, yeah. Um, hey, for, Chris, do you have any personal experience with D- DLC or any companies that you just look at as being the, you know, <laughs> if there was a model to steer clear of, of what they're doing as far as DLC? Well, I mean, I never really, I never really liked Capcom or <laughs> like any of their games, basically. It's, it's kind of amazing how many games I look at from Capcom and think, man, I just don't, I'm not interested in that. Um, so fortunately I have not had any experience with them. Um, mm. you know, EA is pretty notorious i think as well mm. um see again a lot of the dlc experience i have is from mass effect and you know from ashes from mass effect 3 was one of those day one dlcs that was like this was cut from the game this should have been in the game mm. um I, I guess bioware and a good example of a company that can do it right and do it bad as like to the opposite ends of yep. the extreme <laughs> really it's kind of it's kind of sad yeah yeah, even within the one game, you know, like the one franchise, they can get it so right and so wrong, uh, you know. Um, yeah, it's it's kind it it is kind of sad because you 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 wish that there was like one company out there that that you could point to as like a model, but I don't really think there is one. There there I think just about any company that's tried it has has had missteps. I mean, even um, even Arkham City, which is a game. I mean, all three of us love Arkham City. Uh, even if we might have uh, views as to uh, which was the actual best game in that series, but it it's got good DLC. It's got some DLC that are, is just boring beyond belief. So you can't, you don't even get good uh, you don't even get consistency within one game, much less one uh, developer. Well, how how do how do how should they do it better? I mean, I asked the question earlier about what's the formula. Is there a um, is is there a right answer? It, it, what what is it? What is it that um, they need to do to get DLC right, Vernon? Is it a mindset? Is it is it being respectful of the of the consumer? What what do you think it is? Um, respectful of the of the content that you're basing it on. I mean, it can be a separate thing from the story that that you're that you're telling. But you know, there, there's there's like you said, there's certain notes like you know, music, character, story. Um, like I said, it doesn't have to be tied into. The main game's plot. I mean, it could be a side mission for all for all I care, but mm. just make it good, you know. Make oh. it as worth the purchase as the original game. Wasn't that Blood Dragon a good example of what you just said, where it had nothing to do with the main game? It was a complete, um, 
uh, what would you call it? Um, how did we how did we forget about this until now? Yeah, what, Blood Dragon was fantastic. Yeah, like it's uh, what, what do you call it when somebody takes a? Oh God, I'm it blanking a, on it. It was a standalone expansion. Yeah, pack. it didn't it yeah. didn't require the base game at all. Yeah, uh, which, um, I mean, almost a could, mod in a sense, right? Like yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you could argue that that's not re- like true expansions, and it doesn't, you know, it doesn't really expand the game so much. It's it's a separate game, but but it was you know, made it was made with love. Like you yep. could tell that the people that worked on it <laughs> really liked it. They wanted to do something weird uh, and and out there. And um, you know, it's not for everybody, and I think they'd even admit that. But um, it, it was, uh, and, and you're right, Vernon. It didn't have to be from. It didn't have to be directly connected to the main game to work, right? Um, exactly. Um, Blood Dragon was a good add-on, and it had nothing to do with Far Cry 3. And actually, Razor Fist made a good point about it. It was like, why didn't they just make it into its own franchise, since that's what Ubisoft is famous for doing now? Yeah. Um, you know, why couldn't they have just made it Blood Dragon? Yeah, yeah. A, lo- a lot of people kind of mused why um, Assassin's Creed 3 didn't do that and split off into... A, a boat series, a ship ship series, and a uh, and a separate you know traditional assa- assassin series. It, it wouldn't have been that surprising if they'd done it. Um, what what about you, Chris? Is there? I mean, but that's a that's a great example of one. Like, is there any is is there is there any one thing that they should be doing to get DLC right, or or, or is it all is it all a case of just avoiding pitfalls? This is what I I, I guess I've been collecting my thoughts over the, the last forty five minutes or so, but. Um, what they really ought to do is, and it's funny because you just mentioned this like two sentences ago, but what they really need to do is if the game deserves add-ons or if they really have something inspired that belongs as an add-on for the game mm-hmm. and you know they are passionate about it and they feel like it's, it's a complete package, you know, a, a good piece of content. If, if the developer thinks they've got something that can make a good expansion DLC... I think that's going to be the most promising start for a good DLC. And if they don't, you know, if they're really just making DLC in name only, just make a new game, you know, flesh it out, turn it into something separate. Take that idea and and build it up into a new franchise mm-hmm. like like Blood Dragon. See, I'm, I'm not criticizing Blood Dragon here, but I agree. I really think. I see. I personally think Far Cry Three Blood Dragon should have just replaced Far Cry Three. They should have never made Far Cry Three. Just skip that. <laughs> go right to Blood Dragon, because Blood Dragon was so superior. <laughs> I can't even. Uh, but that and Assassin's Creed. It's like it doesn't. It doesn't need to have the Assassin's Creed name on it. Just branch it out. You know, be creative. Yeah, I, I don't I, know where else to go with that line of thought. I mean, but I mean, for, for I, I like all those points. For for me, I think I think you're hitting on something there. Like. Um, if they feel it's worthwhile, like if the DLC is going to be made with the same amount of attention to detail and quality and care, and um, if, if it really is gonna, if it's gonna add something to the experience more more than just lining their pockets, I think I think that's um, they they should be able to be as proud of the DLC as they are of the main game. Really, it it shouldn't just be an afterthought that they tack um, money onto. Um, I, I think I think they've got a much better chance of the consumer actually respecting and you know feeling like they got value for money if it was done to the same level of care that, that the game was and uh, you know there's just so many DLC out there that are just an afterthought or a, a, you know 
like a trick almost. Is that is that going too far? Like, so it, sometimes it feels like they're trying to trick people out of uh, out of out of their money. But before we uh, close it off, like, what? How do you guys feel about Game of the Year editions? Like, I, I I'm I, I'm probably unusually patient as far as a, a gaming consumer is concerned, and I will wait for these Game of the Year editions that have everything. Like, are they? Do they always work worth? Do they always work out to be worth the wait? Are they uh, a safe way forward for, for the people that are willing to be patient? What do you reckon, Vernon? I think if you're willing to be patient, it's a good thing. Like The Walking Dead came out with its own, um, with its own, uh, you know, Game of the Year edition, where you know it had you know all of the the, the quote unquote DLC add-ons of, mm. along with the episodic content. So I think that was worth the wait. There are some that. Um, just aren't, but you know, f- a few like that, like Red Dead Redemption. Um, I- I'm surprised that EA d- isn't doing that as much as some of the other companies are. Mm. Uh, well, how do you reckon, Chris? Is it just a case? Of, I mean, is it generally? Is, it's generally safer, but it's it's just being patient isn't easy, right? <laughs> like, if you want to buy the game, <laughs> waiting a year and a half for the Game of the Year edition or a year and a or whatever, it, that that's the tough part, right? I think that's the best way to go. I've built almost my entire gaming collection on games that are year, year and a half old at least. I, mm. I bought Halo Reach today. I did not own it before. Oh, I wow. I okay. found it for 13 bucks and I bought it. So that's that's the kind of customer I am when it comes to gaming. I will always wait for a good deal on something. Um, I didn't buy Saints Row 4 right away, even though I you know, I was really tempted to for a while. But mm. um, and, and there's been a few games that came out recently that I toyed with getting them. But it's just... These days, it really does seem like waiting a little while, six months. I mean, it's not that long in the grand scheme of things. You just wait a little bit, and you mm. can get a great deal on on the game and all of its associated content and yeah. stuff. And, and the publishers don't want to hear that, I guess. But um, you know, I would I, imagine not. But as people who've been, we've all been stung and seen people get stung by just jumping in and. And uh, you know, as as the uh, as options to, uh, I mean, Vernon, uh, you, you had some retail experience. Like, if if you if you traded in a game within the month that you first bought it, brand new, what 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 percentage do you think you'd get back on your on your dollar spent in terms of the trade in? What's as good as um, you're gonna get? Sixty percent? It depend. It depends on what the company sets for it. Um, because when I would trade in. Let's say, uh, when did, uh, when did, uh, I think it was Spec Ops the line. Mm. And, um, <laughs> I, uh, had an interesting experience with that. I did trade it in about a week later because I, I, I finished it. it. It wasn't that long of a game. It was a good game. Um, mm. but I think I got less than half of what I paid for it. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, yeah. So some, you know, a lot of, you gotta be careful, um, when trading in. Um, not you guys, but like, you know, pe- customers in particular, like you, you have to be careful because like even when the new Super Mario Brothers came out, I think it was only a $25 trade-in for like a 40 or $50 game. Hmm. Jeez. Well, uh, yeah, and in an era where, you know, more and more games are being bought digitally and you can't return those um, easily anyway, um, I, I, I think you should be more <laughs> selective, but uh I think we three are rare animals out there, <laughs> by the sound of it. Uh, as as much as you know, Steam sales and and uh, and Game of the Years and Platinum editions and things like that are popular. I think there's a lot of people that are just willing to plow ahead on that first day purchase and and um, and take the risk. And uh, 
Yeah, why why they do the same with DLC is beyond me. Well, guys, uh, unless there was any other specific DLC topic you wanted to cover, I think we've uh, covered that. Uh, I'll make my old school recommendation of the week, uh, and that is uh, Super Dodgeball, which is a Kunio Kun uh, title from Technos in Japan. Don't ask me what Kunio Kun means. There's uh, you'd have to know a bit more about the art in Technos Japan to understand that. Uh, I think Double Dragon. Uh, actually counts as a title in that Kunio Kun series. It has something to do with the artwork and the look of the characters that is unique to Technos. Um, now, it was an NES game, but there was later a, G, uh, a, G, a Game Boy Advance release that was actually done with different artwork because for some reason there was they weren't able to get the rights to the art. It's also on the uh, Virtual Wii console. Uh, the NES version is kind of sort of loosely based on the arcade release. I, I had never known it was an arcade game when I got it in the NES. Silly, fun, great two-player game. Um, it, it's it's basically dodgeball, except uh, there are like super-powered abilities in it. That's basically it in a nutshell. Different characters have these different ways of throwing the ball. You know, you got a guy that can throw a, a ball straight into the air, into the clouds. It'll come down on your head. Guy that throws a wicked curve, super fast spear balls. It'll hit like five or six guys in a row. It's just silly fun. Um Really simple mechanic, you know, a, a, a typical fun NES title. And I think uh, from what I've read, the uh, the port on the Wii Virtual Console is really excellent as well. Um, it, it's, uh, you know, it, it's not the most brilliant looking game, but um, I mean, <laughs> you, you're, the, you, those games really aren't about the graphics. They're about the fun and, and the, uh, the, ex, the, the gameplay and the multiplayer ability in it. The two-player ability is great as well. So, yeah. Uh, Check it out. Uh, I, I don't know how obscure a title that is for, for the NES. I, I, f I feel like when I bring it up, not a lot of people know it, but I think it's, uh, it's worth a look. Uh, anyway, um, we'll wrap it up. Well, thank you uh, to Chris and Vernon. Um, thanks very much, guys, for, uh, for joining me on a, on a talk about DLC. I, I'm <laughs> I think we can safely say that the topic's going to come up again in future, right? I mean, as Chris said earlier, it's only a matter of time until some genius finds out a way to... Uh, screw us over again right <laughs> it's only a matter of time sadly <laughs> yeah i mean look every time we think there's been another way to get it wrong uh we <laughs> somebody somebody manages it um i mean i think we can all agree it's not an inherently evil or, or bad thing dlc it's just um yeah it's dangerous <laughs> and and i think as consumers we just need to have our our, our heads on straight about it and and be um be choosy for God's sake, you know, like don't be taken advantage of actually um, question what it is uh, we're being fed, you know. Thanks again, guys. Um, and we'll we'll see you next time on uh, Point Streak. Thanks very much. Cheers.